Hey, this is Pastor John Newald at Redeemer Church in Fridley. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer for you is that this message helps deepen your relationship with God and leaves you feeling encouraged. For more information about who we are, message notes, and discussion questions, visit us at RedeemerMN.org. Joshua 4, 10 to 14, passage for this morning is, Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was, was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed the ark of the Lord and the priest came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. That day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. As I dug into the study of Joshua for this series on Old Testament stories, I uh, kept running across this guy, Moses, right? And I knew that I really couldn't understand the person of Joshua unless the, the persona and story of Moses came heavily, heavily into play. In the first chapter of the book of Joshua, Moses' name appears 11 times, and he has already died when this part of the story begins. So who are these two guys? Well, we could get mired in all sorts of you know, Old Testament history, of course. Uh, we know Abraham, uh, as Genesis calls him, is the father of many nations. We know how important the people of Israel hold up the names and invoke the names of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And last week we heard Pastor Terry speak on Joseph and his brothers, the 12 sons of Jacob, who became the fathers of the 12 tribes of Israel. But it was a rocky road, wasn't it? Joseph is sold into slavery. The 12, the rest of the sons and their father, Jacob, and their families experience a famine. They end up having to go to Egypt and... uh, Eventually, their descendants become Egyptian slaves. It isn't until Moses is called by God to lead the Israelites out from under Pharaoh's oppression that we begin to see this cohesion that takes place among the tribes of Israel. It's kind of like that's the birth of a nation. They're no longer just a family of extended, you know, a large family of extended relatives. They are a nation that has come together under the persecution in Egypt, and now they're going into the wilderness. More suffering, more wondering what's going on, and this experience unifies them. But now, and now they're on their own. Moses is their man. Moses leads. Moses finds water. Moses settles disputes. Moses takes the heat. Moses meets with God. Moses the servant of the Lord. But the destiny of Israel does not rest, did not rest on a man. It rested on the promise of the Lord. Back in Exodus 6, 6, it says, Therefore say to the Israelites, this is God speaking to Moses, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. 
Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses spent the rest of his life attempting to get Israel to trust in the promises of God, Yahweh, and not just in him as a man. Moses was going to die. And this whole move into the land of Canaan was not yet accomplished. In steps Hosea, son of Nun, a leader from the tribe of Ephraim. Exodus 13 says that Moses gave Hosea the name Joshua, which means the Lord is salvation. The short form of Yeshua or Joshua is Jesus in Greek. In the Gospel of Matthew, what does the angel tell the carpenter Joseph about this baby that Mary was going to give birth to? Name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. As an aid to Moses, Joshua's stock really goes up when he is invited to accompany Moses up to the mountain of God. Now, Exodus does not tell us that he went all the way up, ascended all the way with Moses. But when Moses comes down and heads back to the Israelite camp, we read that Joshua is still in the vicinity with his mentor, the leader of Israel. Have you ever had an experience, and I know many of you have, maybe all of you, where a boss or an extend, or a, somebody you highly respected invited you to attend an important meeting with them or travel to a conference, and you got a sense that the reason was not just for you to be carrying the briefcase you know, or setting up the laptop right, for the presentation. No, there's something more significant going on in that invitation being brought along. Being brought along. There was something important happening for the future. Exodus 33.9, As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Joshua would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, no, sorry, then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So it's building. Something is building in this man, Joshua. A crucial moment is described in Numbers 27 and in Deuteronomy 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain and see the land I have given the Israelites. After you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people, meaning that he was going to die. The Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest in the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. This is the first time that I can clearly see where commissioning is mentioned 
You know, authority was transferred in that act, that ceremony, so to speak. Joshua stepped up and into a calling, into his calling, number one, because God commanded it, and number two, because Moses knew that the promise of a homeland for Israel could not be fulfilled without the touch of the Lord upon this new leader. You know, we are blessed as, uh, at Redeemer because we take this act of commissioning very seriously. You know, whether it's uh, sending people to camp or mission trips or on mission assignments, we believe, number one, that God called those people to this work, and that, <clears throat> number two, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit at that moment is vital to the effectiveness of that work. Let me, let me just say this is something different than laying hands on someone and blessing them. I, I don't go to an individual and, or they to me and we lay hands on each other and, and commission each other. Commissioning happens when the body of believers, often the local church, senses together that a person or group of people have been specifically called to a work of God and we come around them to confirm that and ask for the further filling of the Holy Spirit. So Joshua stood before Eleazar and the priests and the entire assembly as Moses laid hands on him. What a powerful example. This very example that was set forth for us centuries ago, we are still following it today. It still has impact in our time. Back to Joshua 1. Many times in that chapter and later in the whole book, Moses is called the servant of the Lord. But now the task is up to Joshua and he needs encouragement. All right? He's already seen victory in battle and he's already been commissioned as the leader of Israel, which is all pretty heady stuff, but it is go time. It's time to move all those people across the river, and into the areas where hostile enemies already live. Be strong and courageous, God says three times. Do not be afraid. As I was with Moses, as I will be with you. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. So here's Joshua. WWMD. WWMD, what would Moses do? Now, I don't want to see this, to uh, take this in the wrong direction, but I would hope that all of us could think of someone in our lives who's an example to us. You know, we, we learn from them, we gain from their wisdom. As much as Joshua respected Moses and carried on the task of leading the nation of Israel, I don't see in the text that Joshua idolized Moses. He seemed to keep his eyes on the promise of God and not on Moses or on himself. You and I look to our mentors and we value what they have passed on to us, but we can never see them as infallible or someone to be idolized. The call of God must be our primary guide. Joshua gives us another example as he matures in his calling. He knows how to step into it. The promises of God do not mean the inaction of his people. Joshua never assumed that being given the lands of Canaan meant that the tribes of Israel could sit on the east side of the river and wait for God to clear out the west side. (laughs) Israel had to strategize 
at one point devising an ambush, making sure that their army was large enough to finish the job. And then we see God declaring a number of times, I have delivered this land into your hands. And the task hadn't even started yet. The declaration of God is a promise of success, but not a license for Joshua and the people to sit on their hands and do nothing. Is this you? Is this me? More often than I like to admit, I wait too long to act on a prompting and miss an opportunity. Well, I'm waiting for God to tell me. And I'm a big proponent of waiting on God. Scripture says so, and we do it. But it's true that God can be very specific. We see it in Scripture, and you've probably experienced it. But sometimes we have to trust the working of the Spirit when things aren't so specific. Joshua relied on what had been imparted to him through his years as Moses' aid and his own relationship with God to help him in his leadership of Israel, even when things weren't spelled out word for word. He kept reminding himself of God's promise of the homeland for his people. As the Israelites moved into difficult areas, Joshua no doubt kept reminding himself of another promise, not just that the land is yours. That was one promise. The other promise is the Lord's constant presence and help. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The key for him and for us is the willingness to cultivate a consistent relationship with the Lord so that we trust the Spirit in us when we have decisions to make. Sometimes we have to simply act in faith. Sometimes our faith is built when we act. As Joshua grew in his ability as a mighty leader, we see him move out from under Moses' shadow. Now, he surely appreciated how much he had, been, how much he had learned from Moses, but can you imagine living under that shadow of Moses? Well, Moses didn't do it that way. Well, Moses struck a rock twice and water came out of it. Well, no matter what the naysayers may have voiced, Joshua stayed on track. Two important parallels confirmed God's anointing on him. As the Lord used Moses to part the sea, so that the people of Israel could cross, Joshua was, was used to get the people across the Jordan River bed. And at the beginning of those instructions, the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. And after that happens, one chapter later, we read in 4.14, what I read to you earlier, that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. Wow. Off the charts for building confidence. Scholar Dr. Paul Kisling writes, Joshua is no longer Moses' subordinate, but has a status which is defined on the basis of his own relationship to Yahweh and not in terms of his past relationship with Moses. That's the first parallel, the water crossings. The second parallel, at the burning bush, the Lord told Moses, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Near Jericho, Joshua encountered a man 
described as the commander of the Lord's army. In other words, this is not just a man. The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. If Joshua got any big ego from being exalted in the eyes of all of Israel, he got a pretty humbled ego outside of Jericho. Yeah, Joshua, that thing with the waters of the Jordan piling up so you could bring the people across on dry land. Take off your shoes. You are in my holy presence. Joshua's leadership and exaltation is not for his glory. The Lord is saying to Israel, my paraphrase, follow Joshua. Listen to him because he listens to me. As you grew in your walk with God, who did you listen to? Who did you watch? Maybe that person was always wondering what God was saying or doing. I mean, in a good way, looking for the signs. Maybe that person was serving others because they were compelled to, to share the love of Jesus. Maybe that person was taking risks for the kingdom of God when it looked foolish to do so. Today, you can probably remember that person or people and, and the influence they had on you. But you might be saying, I never really had that person in my life. So look for that person now. I don't mean right now, turn and look at him. <laughs> I mean, pray. It's not too late to pray. God, I need a mentor to learn from, someone who knows how to walk with you. More critical at this moment is not who is my Moses, but who is my Joshua. It's time to figure that out, friends. The Spirit of God is living in you. Trust it. Trust whatever measure of faith and courage that the Lord has put in you. And you may think it's not much, but maybe you're thinking too small. Your Joshua is waiting for you to invest in them, to pray for them. Don't hold it back. You may have a lot to learn about how to do it. I do. After Moses died, Joshua needed lots of encouragement before leading the people. Be strong and be courageous. Then in chapter 10, we see what has happened to Joshua as a leader. He says to his army, he, Joshua, says to his army, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. In his farewell to his leaders, Joshua says, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Also, be very careful to love the Lord your God. Wow. Not just do what God says. Love him. Joshua is telling this to future leaders. The one who needed encouragement is now the encourager. The one who once 
aided the leader of Israel and became the leader himself, is now passing on what he knows. Do you remember how Moses was called the servant of the Lord many, many times? Listen to this from Joshua 24, 29. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. The Spirit is calling all of us to come into a relationship with a mentor or a spiritual friend who shows us how to do life, how to walk with God. And in turn, the Spirit is calling us to pass on what we know to someone. Somewhere a young Joshua is waiting to receive what you have to give. And finally, the goodness of God in all of this. He says to you what he said to Joshua, be strong, be courageous, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the God of Moses and Jacob who led Israel into their promised inheritance. This is the God, Father of our Lord Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus, the Lord is salvation. And also in Matthew 1, who is the Lord? He's not only called Jesus, he is also called Emmanuel, God with us. Two names. As for Moses and as for Joshua, God is just as passionate about being with you as he is saving you. Receive that truth today for yourself and hand it down to those who follow in your footsteps. We're just going to take a few minutes actually in silence. I don't want my words to fill up the space as, you, uh, as we just pray in silence. Um, as you think about what God is calling to you, calling you to, and also who he may be calling you to. So let's spend a few moments in meditation. Be strong, be courageous. The Lord is with you. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this message and you would like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give at RedeemerMN.org slash give. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a single message.